Hello and welcome to the NicheSiteTools.com podcast where we share experiences, tips, and tools to help everyone achieve a greater level of success with their online adventures. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 51 of the NicheSiteTools.com podcast. So glad to have you here as always. And today we're going to talk about the three most common questions that I get all the time in regards to niche sites. And I'm sure you've had these questions at some point or you may have them right now. So hopefully this will apply to everyone and I'm going to try to keep it as concise and to the point as possible while still providing you some great information and a little bit of background on each of the uh, questions and why you want to go about doing specific things. So hopefully this will be useful to you. And I also, in the tools segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Longtail Pro and the lifetime access to Longtail Pro Platinum. If you have Longtail Pro now and you're paying monthly for the Platinum or you're thinking about adding that Platinum feature but you didn't want to pay the monthly fee, stay tuned. I have some information for you towards the end of the episode. So before I go right into the content, just wanted to quickly thank two new email subscribers, James and Jeff. Thank you so much for subscribing over this past week. And if you're not yet subscribed, you can go to nichesitetools.com forward slash subscribe and you'll instantly get my keyword brainstorming guide to give you some ideas for your niche sites or different topics for posts. And you'll also get my seven simple SEO tips that we're going to talk a little bit about today as well. So let's go right into the content for this week. The three questions that I get most often on a probably on a weekly basis or at least on a monthly basis, and I've just gotten all three of these questions in the last week or so, is choosing a niche topic is the first question. How do I go about choosing a niche topic? Maybe trying to decide between one or more different niches that I'm thinking about considering. So that's question number one. Question number two is how to analyze the competition and kind of why as well. Why you're trying to get to that first page of Google. So I'll go into some details there. And after that, how to get traffic and ranking. So how once you've got your site established, how do I get some additional traffic and how exactly does that work? So we're going to touch on all three of those questions today and let's get right into it. So the first one, choosing a niche topic. How do I go about deciding what topic I'm going to choose? What should I write about? Or maybe I have these two different ideas. Which one of these is going to be better to choose? So I would say first and foremost, if you're just starting out, what I would choose from is whichever topic is going to lend itself more to your goals. So if your goal is to supplement your income or bring in a side income so that you, maybe you have more freedom to travel or whatever your particular reason might be, if that goal is more income, which for most of us, it's going to have some sort of income component to it, you want to make sure that it's going to be something that will lend itself to you linking to either external products, creating a product of your own, trying to funnel people towards is perhaps some sort of service you're going to offer that's going to solve their problems in regards to whatever it is you're going to be writing about. Something that lends itself with an end goal of somebody would be likely if they learn to know, like, and trust me, that they would click on something or they would be interested in getting more information from me and paying for it, that type of thing. So that's one component. The other component is that if there's going to be some sort of traffic, some sort of demand for that, you want to have a certain number of local monthly searches, which just means the country that you're searching for. So if you're in the U.S. or you're in Australia, your local monthly searches would be local to your specific country that you're in. So for example, I typically, for a brand new niche site that I'm going to create around particular products, I'm going 
going to look for thirty, you know, three thousand or thirty six hundred local monthly searches, somewhere in that range, for four or five different phrases. So, I'm going to, you know, if I'm looking for a particular product, let's say it's a coffee grinder, and it's a particular name. Let's just call it Barista Coffee Grinder. Coffee Grinder. I'm not sure if that even exists, but let's say that's what I'm going to focus on. That's one of the products that I'm going to highlight on my site. So I'm going to do a search through a tool like Longtail Pro. See for I'm going to search for probably initially coffee grinder, and then I'm going to let it give me some other keyword phrases. It's usually going to give you about 800 different phrases from Google that you might not have thought of. So I plug in coffee grinder initially. Maybe it pops up barista coffee grinder, like I mentioned, several other brand name coffee grinders. And then you can kind of see based on the average cost per click, which I typically look for over 80 cents or more. So that's telling you that advertisers are paying for those phrases. So they have to be somewhat of a phrase where you can generate some money off of. Otherwise, nobody would be paying for advertising for that phrase. So then you're going to look at the number of local monthly searches and then some sort of competitive value. If you have Longtail Pro Platinum, they have that average KC number for a keyword competitiveness that really quickly tells you if it's under 30, there's a good possibility you can compete with it. The lower the number, the better. So that that's the type of analysis you're going to look for. You're going to look for multiple different phrases that um, look like phrases that you could write something about or you, if you wanted to outsource some content, you could do that. So you're looking for just maybe four to five different phrases that total over 3,000 local monthly searches, have an average cost per click over 80 cents or more, and have a competitiveness number or if you look at the competitors for that particular phrase on the first page of Google, you can kind of eyeball things and determine that, hey, that's, that those particular four or five phrases are something I can compete with. So right there, I have a core set of content just for that initial setup. That's just to prove out that, yes, there are people looking for those particular phrases. Yes, people are paying for advertising for those phrases. But yet, I still think I can compete with those particular phrases to get on the first page of Google. That's the type of analysis you'd be looking to do for a new niche project. And if you're choosing between two different ones, which I did this past week for Megan, I plugged in uh, two different phrases that she was trying to decide between. And you should get a good picture between two different ones, which one looks better numbers wise, but it's always going to come down to you want to make sure that you're taking into consideration, can I write about that topic for an extended period of time? So if it's something you're really passionate about, you're interested in, and it's something that keeps your interest from week to week, that's great. The more content that you can create, the better, because you may have that initial set of phrases you're going to target or just in the back of your mind. Those are the types of things you want to focus on. But you really want to write about something that you're going to be able to continue to write for the long haul. So keep that in mind as well. But I ran two particular phrases through for her and it was interesting the different breakdown. One of them definitely had a lot more search traffic than the other, but the other one was far less competitive. So it was definitely a trade-off between the two. So one had a lot more traffic so you could potentially get more viewers, but it was going to be a lot more difficult to compete with. And in the end, it sounds like she chose the one that was most relevant to her. I think she made a good choice there. So I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with that particular niche. But at any rate, usually when you run two different phrases through, if they're two completely different topics, one of them will usually jump out as, you know, more content, more traffic out there, and you're easily able to compete with, or it's, it's usually pretty cut and dry which one 
of the two will probably work better for you. So the more you do that type of analysis, the easier it will come for you. But uh, that's the type of thing that you want to look for when you go about deciding on a particular niche. There's all those factors that come in, but really it boils down to as long as you feel you can compete and there's enough traffic, which one are you going to want to write more about? Which one's going to keep your interest for the long haul and which one are you going to stick with? Because this is a definitely a long process. So initially when you're going to create that core content for whichever site you choose, I want to make sure you have some expectations going in that are accurate. When you're creating that first niche site, it's going to take probably two to three months minimum for that site to percolate in Google, as I like to say. Google is going to need to find it. It's going to need to rank that um, those different articles that you're publishing. And it takes a while. It takes, it's called the Google dance. A lot of people call it, and I've called it that previously. And it's really true. During the first two to three months of a niche project, your rankings will change quite often. So they'll swing from... Maybe initially you'll be on the 10th page of Google or something along those lines, and then maybe one of your pieces of content will rank on the third page of Google. A week later, you may fall back down to the seventh page. It really does vary because Google's trying to determine where to rank your content. And initially, you're probably going to have a minimal amount of traffic. So if somebody comes to your site, let's say one person finds a particular piece of content, they read through it, so they're on your particular page for two minutes. So that means your bounce rate's going to be really low for that article. That's great. Google might say, hey, this looks like a great article. I'm going to rank it a little bit higher. And then let's say you get two or three more people that come to that particular article and they click on it. They're only there for four or five seconds and boom, they're gone. If like two or three of those people were only there for maybe three or four seconds, your bounce rate is going to be really high all of a sudden because you have so little traffic initially. So that's what it's kind of trying to do as it's ranking your traffic or ranking your pages and people are coming to your site more and more. It's going to kind of fall into place and the more traffic you have and the more time Google has to figure out exactly how it should rank your content. So it's going to vary quite greatly during that first two to three months. So that's kind of the introductory period where your, where your site kind of settles. So during that first three months, I would focus on creating that core set of content, maybe creating an about page, a contact page, creating your core set of maybe four or five different articles, and then just continue to publish content. But don't focus a lot of time during that first two to three months on your stats. So it's great if your traffic starts to roll in, you do start to rank don't place much emphasis whatsoever on where you're ranking, how that traffic is coming in, where it's flowing from. Sure, keep an eye on if you're getting more traffic from particular things you're doing or particular topics seem to resonate with people more and it's like a steady incline as your traffic goes and as when you check your Google Analytics account, that's great. That's all things you want to see, but don't focus a lot on the end result. So if you're ranking great after a month and a half on a particular topic and then it falls off the map, just let it go. Just just get through that first three months and know that there's going to be a lot of fluctuations and it's just completely normal and that's just the way it goes. So once you have that topic, you've decided between a couple of different topics you're considering, you think it's something you're going to stick with and the numbers look good, then you can go ahead and create that initial site, work on creating that content, work on getting things kind of stabilized in that first three months 
And then after that, that's when you're going to want to take a look at your results and see where things are. What has worked so far? What isn't working? Are some of the different SEO things that you're trying working? Are you uh, going to other sites, building relationships with other folks in your niche? That's another thing you can be doing in that first three months. Kind of establish yourself in that niche. Comment on other people's posts. Maybe you're not comfortable enough to think you have this great content that you could do a guest post for, but be thinking about those types of things. Just network, comment on other people's posts, reach out to other people, get on other people's lists that are in the same niche. So develop those connections during those first three months that will help sustain you in the long haul. So all that is good stuff. During that first three months, consider that your trial period, you're going to see how things go. You're going to watch things unfold and just kind of see how they fall into place after those first first three months. So so that's kind of how I would recommend choosing your initial niche. I prefer to plug things into Longtail Pro Platinum. It takes a lot of the guesswork out of things, gives you some uh, real simple, easy numbers to look at, and it does some sort of competitive analysis for you. So it calculates that keyword competitiveness number, and you're specifically looking for phrases that have an average KC number under 30 and the lower the better. So if it's in the low 20s or maybe in the teens, that definitely looks like something that you could easily compete with to get on the first page of Google. And the reason that you want to get on the first page of Google, this was another question this week, is because 91% of traffic from search comes from that first page of Google. So if you're not on that first page of Google, you're only fighting for around 9% of the traffic that is out there. So you're fighting for a really small amount of traffic when if you can get to any of the spots on Google, obviously the higher you are in Google, the better. So if you're closer to the top, you're going to get a bigger portion of that traffic. So that's always great. But it's not always important to get to the to get to that first entry on Google because most likely that number is going to fluctuate as long as you're bouncing between the different options on the first page of Google. So if you're one of those top 10 on that first page of Google, that's great. That's really where you're striving to be. And over time, that'll vary. So as new content comes out or as your bounce rate changes or all sorts of different factors which are mostly outside of your control as far as where you're going to rank, as long as you're bouncing between the entries on that first page of Google, that's really the sweet spot. That's where you want to be. So that is why when you're clicking on a particular phrase, for example, and then you go over to the competitor analysis option, if you're using Longtail Pro, it shows you those top 10 results on Google. And then what it does there is it gives you that keyword competitiveness value for each of those pages, but it also goes into more detail. So for example, I ran some keyword phrases for Megan over this past week through Longtail Pro, and I still have one of them on my screen here. And this one, if I'm looking at the keyword research portion, it's showing that the average cost per click is $4.66, which is great. The local monthly searches is 1900 and the average keyword competitiveness number is 25 So that's great. This looks, in the surface, something that's really easy to compete with and has a lot of search traffic and high cost per click. So it sounds like a great phrase to target. So if I click over to competitor analysis, which goes into more detail for the 10 items on the first page of Google, Google, 
I see that the numbers look even better there. So if I'm eyeballing those first 10 numbers on Google through Longtail Pro Platinum, it shows them. And what I see here is number two has a keyword competitiveness number of 4.8. So that's incredibly low. That's awesome. That would be real easy to compete to get to the second entry on Google for this phrase. And then as I'm eyeballing the other numbers here, the third entry is a 17 keyword competitiveness. Number six entry is 26. Number seven entry is seven. Number eight is 12. And number nine is 10. So this right here is probably, I can't think of a better example of the a particular phrase that it is obvious to me that you could easily compete with. So when it shows the number of backlinks for these sites, most of them have, or these particular articles I mean, one of them has one, actually four of them have one, one of them has zero backlinks. So this is telling me right here that this particular phrase is obvious, it, it jumps right out to me. So that was one I mentioned to her would be a good phrase, particular phrase to target. But that's not all we want to rely on. We don't want to rely specifically on those numbers and how things look there. What we want to do then, the full competition analysis is to first do exactly what I did. So go get your keyword phrases. And then once you do that, look for the ones that have the best numbers as far as traffic, cost per click, but are low in competition. Then click over to your competitor analysis. If you're using a tool like Longtail Pro, let it do a lot of the work for you. So right there, it could quickly and easily tell me that for this particular phrase, this looks like a great one that I could compete with. But then that final step and that one that everybody should be doing, whether you're using a keyword research tool or not, is to type in that particular phrase into Google and see those top 10 results on the screen and actually click on each and every one of them. So if you can see right off the bat, that maybe one of them is Target or Macy's or something. If you're targeting a particular product, you know right there that they have millions of dollars worth of budget and they are going to probably outrank you no matter what. So those aren't the particular sites you're looking for. In this particular case, I see one link that's an Amazon link to a particular product. But again, you can compete for those individual product links from Amazon. So don't get too discouraged with that. But in this particular phrase that I'm looking at here on the screen, other than that Amazon link, all of them are individual people's websites. So they're not, um, they're not big e-commerce sites. They're not, you know, conglomerate big companies that are going to be competing with you with staffs of SEO experts and things like that. All of these to me at first glance look like sites that are going to be easy to compete with their personal blog, their personal websites, just like the ones that we would be creating. So especially with zero backlinks for the majority of these sites here on the first page of Google, this kind of jumps out. So that's kind of the analysis you want to do. And the why again is because 91% or more of traffic comes from those first page of Google results. So those first 10 entries on Google. And in my experience, that's absolutely true. The majority of the affiliate income or affiliate commissions that I've gotten from all of my different niche sites end up happening as a result of something ranking on the first page of Google. And it may be something that you didn't even consider initially. So when you go into your Google Analytics, you can kind of see over time the different phrases people are coming to to get to your site. And it can show you a rough ranking of where your uh, particular phrase is ranked. 
And what I have found over three to four years of doing this consistently is that once something ends up on the first page of Google, even if it's an obscure type phrase, that's when the sales, that's when the traffic, that's when things start to take shape and that momentum increases. So that kind of segues into our third question, which is how to get traffic and rankings once you have your site set up, you've gone through that first two to three month time period, and your rankings are starting to stabilize for the content that you've already created. How do you get that additional traffic and rankings from that point on? And I'm going to point you um, right off the bat to my seven simple SEO tips. So if you signed up via email, you probably have that in PDF form, but I will also link to it in the show notes for this episode, which would be nitsitetools.com forward slash 51. And you can also go to nichesitetools.com forward slash SEO guide also. That'll take you directly to that article. But that article kind of explains what you want to focus on as far as SEO goes to set yourself up with the best chance of getting that content ranking. And really quickly, I'll just run through those seven simple tips. I'll just read the headlines here for you. So number one is to optimize your title and your post URL which basically means that your title of your article and the URL for your particular post is going to have the keywords you're looking to target. The number two item is to create a proper meta description for your post. So hopefully you're using a tool like WordPress SEO by Yoast, which is what I recommend so that you plug, you install that plugin and then that gives you the option to do a meta description for each post, which is the 140 or 150 letters that appears below your post in the Google search results. So that's what's going to entice somebody to click on your article if you have a good meta description. That's kind of what that means there. So number three option option is to utilize H1, H2 tags and bold text properly within your posts. So that just means that each of your main paragraphs, if you're going to target particular phrases, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to keyword stuff because that could have a negative effect on your post. But properly use those tags and the bold text to accentuate dirt certain things within your post that you're trying to target. Number four is to add images and pay attention to three key attributes, and those are the actual name of the file. So, for example, if you're looking to target uh, P90X in a particular article you're writing, make sure that article is P90X.jpg or some .gif or whatever you're going to do as far as the image goes. Make sure that keyword is in the title of the particular picture because Google doesn't necessarily know yet what your image is about. So do your best to help tell them what it's about. And also for those images, make sure your title and the alternative text, which are all fields within WordPress when you insert a picture, make sure you specify your keywords in the title, in the alt text field, and in the file name for the actual image as well. Number five is to make affiliate links no follow. And the reason for that, what that means is um, if your links are by default, they're going to be follow links or like some people call them do follow. And what exactly does that mean? That just means picture your site authority or your page rank as a finite amount in a big styrofoam cup. Anytime you link out to another site, picture somebody poking a hole in that cup with a toothpick. So it's a really small hole, but anytime that you're linking out with the default link setup, which is a do follow or a follow link, 
that means that a little bit of your link juice may pass to those other sites. And you're kind of, when you're linking out to those sites, you want to make sure that you're linking out to sites that you know, like, and trust. So you're basically saying, hey, I really like this site. It provides some great information. And there's no reason not to do that. I'm not saying don't link out to other sites. It's an important part of ranking. And the more that you link out to authority type sites to kind of provide a reference, Google likes when you do that so don't don't take this as a negative but if you can no follow specifically affiliate links so if you're linking out to affiliate products and it's that really long ugly url that you're linking out to if you can no follow those links that just keeps some of that page authority and that page rank intact in your site so when you can you can utilize programs or plugins like pretty link and there's other uh, plugins also that allow you to no follow links and you can also if you know anything about html you could actually manually put in there that it's going to be a no follow link so again not something to focus a whole lot of time on but just one more thing to set yourself up with the best chance of success as far as seo goes number six is be sure to have an xml sitemap if you have a plugin like wordpress seo by yoast it has a built-in feature to create and generate an xml sitemap so you can let the plugin take care of it like you should. And then what that basically tells Google is, here's all of the content I want you to rank. So here's all the different articles. Anytime you publish a new post, it's gonna add that to your XML sitemap. And then Google knows where to find that. So it's gonna go to your site. It's gonna say, hey, I found the XML sitemap file. Here's all the content I should know about. Here's what I'm gonna look at as far as what I'm gonna rank. So you make things easier for Google to make sure that it ranks your content properly. And number seven was to just publish great content as often as possible. And as far as that goes, it's best to create great content less often if you need to, as long as it's great content. So focus on creating great content as often as possible. So if you can create great content once a week, a thousand word article that's evergreen, it's, and, and by the way, evergreen is some is a phrase that's bounced around a lot lately. And I think a lot of people don't exactly know what that means. So real briefly, what evergreen content means is that it's content that's going to stand the test of time. It's not date dependent. So it's not a particular you know, thing that's going on that's going to be limited time, one week type deal. That's not evergreen content. So for example, I think the seven simple SEO tips guide on my site is one of the most evergreen pieces of content on there because it doesn't necessarily have anything that's date dependent. It has stood the test of time as far as these, these tips are things that have worked really well since I've been doing it. So certain things I could tweak potentially maybe next year, this particular option doesn't work as well, or maybe I could add in something. But for the most part, that core set of content is going to be something that's valid for months and years to come. So that's an example of evergreen content, something that's going to be out there. It's going to be valid. You're not going to have to go back and tweak things. And it's a really great detailed 800 to 1,000 word or more article that really goes into detail and provides value that somebody's going to come back to time and time again. So that's a great example of evergreen content. So when you hear that, that's kind of what people are talking about. So those are some of the key factors that I recommend as far as making, you know, where you want to get the most bang for your SEO buck that only once you do it more and more, it only takes a couple of minutes each time when you do a post. And it's really important to focus on that. If you create your content and you're bypassing any of those major features, you're actually losing out. You're spending that time and effort 
to create the best possible content that you can. But if you're not getting the traffic and rankings, all that effort is lost. So you want to make sure that you do focus a couple of minutes on those key elements of SEO to set yourself up with the best chance of ranking and bringing in that traffic that is so important to you. But something else I don't think I've talked a lot about and I don't hear talked about all that much is targeting long tail phrases that may not be as far as bringing in a lot of traffic. The more long tail phrases that you can bring in that are maybe a little bit more obscure, but most likely they're going to be phrases that you can easily rank for. And the way that I found out about this was on my personal blog. Several times I would do particular posts that I wasn't trying to rank for, just something I was interested in. For example, there was this one game on the mobile device that I was playing, and it was called Zombie Wood. And what it's you know it was a zombie game that came out a couple of years back. And at the time, it was a relatively new game, and it had just come out in the last week or two, and I was playing it, and I was looking for some tips, and specifically a walkthrough. And what a walkthrough is in terms of a video game is it's kind of like a guide or a video or some way that... Somebody takes you through the game, and if you get stuck in a particular spot, you can check out the walkthrough, say, oh, here's how I get past this particular level, and boom, that that's what I need. So I was creating this post. I said, oh, this is a really cool game. It's a free game. I wasn't trying to get any affiliate sales or anything. I was just posting about this on my personal blog, and I asked, does anybody know about any walkthroughs? Because I could not find a walkthrough for this product because it was so new. And then within a matter of a week or two, I had started to get up to 2,000 people in that first probably, I think it was maybe like a three to four week period, when normally maybe I'd get a couple hundred people to the blog just in general. I had over 2,000 people that were coming to my site for a zombie wood walkthrough. Even though I did not have a walkthrough, so the bounce rate was probably astronomical, so that wasn't really helping my site rank, but that particular post went to the first page of Google and the first spot of Google within a matter of days. So it was interesting to me that that kind of brought to light. It's like, wow, I, I wasn't trying to rank for this, but because I had Zombie Wood Walkthrough and Zombie Wood Walk in the title and in a uh, H1 or H2 tag on my particular article, like all the other SEO tips that I follow, I just inadvertently followed. So the image itself had zombie wood in the name. Everything that I've already mentioned, I always do for individual posts. So it's just second nature. But within a day or two, I was ranking on the first page of Google, first option for zombie wood walkthrough. So that is kind of a way to get a quick win. What you could do if your site has been through that first 60 to 90 days, you could experiment with this. Just create a post. Maybe you're not going to publish it or maybe you're not going to send it out to your subscribers or anything. It's not. This is just going to be an experiment or maybe you have a test site. That's why I always recommend having a test site. If you have unlimited hosting, then you can always just create a separate site where you test things, throw some content out there that's unique to that site. Just let it sit there for 60 to 90 days so that it starts to rank. And then you can do some sort of tests like this on that particular site. But at any rate, wherever you're going to do this test, you could test targeting some sort of completely obscure phrase. For example, I typed in 10-legged cat into Google. And if I click over to that right now, there's actually a picture of what looks like a 10-legged cat, which I don't assume is real, but... At any rate, there is no articles on the first page of Google right now that mention 10-legged cat. I see two-legged cat, pancake the two-legged cat, 
uh, all sorts of things about two-legged cats, but not 10. So right now, if I were to create an article, put a couple hundred words out there, talk about 10-legged cats, I guarantee you, you can rank and get on the first page of Google for 10-legged cat. What good is that going to do me? People are probably not going to be typing that in. And it's definitely not a money keyword. It's not something that's going to cause somebody to buy anything. So it's not a good phrase to target, but it'll show you that if you want to rank for something, you can easily do that. And that'll give you a quick win if you can do that. So what does that tell you? That tells you that the lowest competition you can find, you can rank for in a matter of days. So if you can target some of those more obscure phrases that may be related to a particular product you're trying to promote or a particular keyword phrase, the less competition there is, the more you can rank on the first page of Google. And the more things that you have ranking on the first page of Google over time, that's going to definitely benefit your site traffic-wise, sales-wise, and things like that. So of course you want to try to focus. If you can get a big traffic keyword phrase and low competition, that's the sweet spot for sure. But what a lot of people are finding is that some of these obscure longer tail phrases, maybe four or five words in the phrase, as long as they're targeted and they're specific to what you're trying to promote, those can be great ways to bring in traffic that is really likely to click on something, really likely to make a purchase. So for example, if you had a apparatus for people with 10-legged cats that allows them to walk better, if somebody was typing 10-legged cat, they had a 10-legged cat, and that's something they were looking to that could definitely help make their life better and help them become a better pet, that's something somebody would be likely to purchase on a longer tail phrase that you may not have considered. And then you can see that traffic. Maybe it's only 10 people over a month that are going to come to your site for those. The more you have, the more targeted traffic you're going to have to your site. And those are some of the things that people probably aren't focusing on. So they're probably going to initially focus, like I already mentioned, on getting a couple thousand monthly searches for four or five different phrases. That's kind of where your core set of content is, that core traffic to get things going. But if you're looking for some quick wins and you want to see that this process actually works, focus on some really small competition phrases that may not necessarily bring in a whole ton of traffic. It may not even show up in the results in Longtail Pro because it's such small traffic. Target some of those phrases. See those quick wins happen. See yourself get to the first page of Google for a phrase and know that this stuff works. The only thing that's preventing you from getting to the first page of Google is sites that have been out there longer, sites that have more backlinks, sites that are more established, and they've proven themselves to Google. People go to those pages, the bounce rate is low, so they'll hang around on the page, they'll click through some items on those pages. So Google knows that people enjoy going to those pages, and those pages help get people what they're looking for. Competition is really the only thing that's getting in your way there. So if you can target some of those longer tail phrases, that's going to bring in smaller amounts of traffic. But the more articles that you have with those long tail phrases, the more traffic, targeted traffic that you can get and the more that your site can start to take shape. So hopefully this episode answered those three main questions that I get all the time for you. If you had any one of those questions, hopefully that was some good content, gives you some information, some food for thought and some things you may not have thought of when it comes to choosing a niche topic, how to analyze the competition, and how to get traffic and ranking. So hopefully that was helpful. And uh, what I'm going to do now is go right into our tool of the week.
And our tool of the week this week is, as I mentioned early on in the episode, which was Longtail Pro Platinum Lifetime Edition. What exactly does that mean? If you've heard of Longtail Pro, that's the primary keyword research tool that I now utilize. I've utilized it for about the past year or so. Just makes things a lot easier. But what is the Platinum version? The Platinum version is that add-on that allows you to calculate that keyword competitiveness number, which just makes things so much quicker and easier. Just You can eyeball that number and see right off the bat that it looks like something you're going to be able to compete with. And that feature is an additional $17 per month under normal circumstances. So I was paying for that for several months. And then what happened was Spencer Hawes, the creator of Longtail Pro, for 72 hours, they offered the ability to upgrade to lifetime platinum access so that you would not have to pay a monthly fee. So a lot of us, myself included, took advantage of that option when it was available. And then as quickly as it came, it was gone. But the strange thing is, since I'm an affiliate for Longtail Pro, I started to notice that I was getting affiliate commissions for lifetime access to Longtail Pro even after the sale. And I had no idea how that was happening. I looked into it. I, looked, I did everything I could do online as far as research goes. I could not figure it out, but it was a bigger commission. So I was happy about that. So I was like, hey, maybe I shouldn't mess with this. I'll just let it go. But I started to get some more recently and I'm like, all right, I really need to figure this out. If there's a lifetime option that I can make available, I would like to let you guys know about that because I know a lot of people don't like to pay the monthly fee and would like to utilize that lifetime access. So I contacted the affiliate manager for the product and he confirmed that, yes, they are offering the option for new subscribers that when they sign up for Longtail Pro, they will get a one-time option. I believe it's a limited 20-minute window where once you click on that link, you have 20 minutes in which to make a purchase of the lifetime access. So for anyone that has not yet purchased Longtail Pro, just know that during that period after you make the purchase, you will get an email at some point with a link that you can click on that will give you the option to upgrade to Longtail Pro Platinum for a one-time fee of $247. And that will allow you to have Longtail Pro Platinum for life, and you'll never have to pay that $17 monthly fee. So that's I wanted to let you guys know about that particular option, but there also is another option for anybody that has Longtail Pro, but I cannot publish a link to that. He asked that I don't publish a link to anything. And if individual subscribers or listeners to the site are interested in that, reach out to me via email. Send me an email to chris at nichesitetools.com and I will be able to send you that same uh, option to upgrade to Longtail Pro Platinum for the one-time fee of $247. I just cannot publish that link publicly here on the podcast or on the website. So if you are interested in that, let me know. It is a offer that is not being publicized, so please keep it to yourself. Keep it within the folks here at the community, and uh, I would be glad to provide you those details and provide you with that option to upgrade and avoid that monthly fee if that's what you're looking to do. So I wanted to pass that along to you today. Excited to let you know about that, as I know some people had asked about that after the fact. If you can still update to upgrade to lifetime access, you can. It's just not published. And if you're a new purchaser of Longtail Pro, you'll get that option sometime after you make the purchase. And for 
anybody that would like to add that option, let me know. Drop me a quick email, chris at nichesitetools.com, and I can get you set up. And if you haven't yet purchased Longtail Pro, be sure to go through my affiliate link where you'll get it for $30 off. The normal price is $97. Through my link, you can get it for $67, which is the lowest price available anywhere. So you can go to nichesitetools.com forward slash Longtail Pro. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. I hope you have a fantastic upcoming week as always, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. 